Are you ready for God to give you a word from the Lord? Praise God. I'm ready to give it to you. I had a wonderful time yesterday at home, and I just got a good time in prayer for you guys and for our church and just got to worship. And so I'm just ready to deliver this word today. I'm so excited. And as I was praying, I'm good. Thank you so much, sweetheart. He's already on game. Um, I, I, I'm, I was, as I was praying, I thought, as I deliver this word today, and I think over the next couple weeks, what's going to happen is God's going to set you free from some things. There's some strongholds that's just been kind of like, you know, when God does, can do one thing in your life, just fix one thing, and then you're catapulted into a new place and a new season. How many would like that in your life? Sometimes it's just exposing a little thing that you're, you don't even realize that you're doing or caring that is really holding you back from the very desires of your heart. I know going out of 2022 into 2023, I'm believing God for some big things, and I'm believing God for some breakthrough and I know God is blessing this church and that the walls are coming down. I heard the Lord say I'm sending the clarion call to the people and they're coming. So we just have to get ready and excited church, amen. But I really felt like the Lord says there's some things that we need to get control of. And so my, my message for the next couple weeks or three weeks is called Mind Wars. Let me just let that settle in there. We're going to be talking about the battle of our mind. Because if we don't win the battle that's in our mind, we can never have the results that God wants us to have in our life. No matter how much you want it, you can pray for it, you can fast for it. But if you don't change the mind to line up with what the word of God says, your mind determines your future. Your mind will control where you're going to go. And so we're going to break this apart over the next few, few weeks and hopefully begin to show you the places and the strongholds of your mind that are simply holding you back. And you can win the battle of your mind, but it's going to take a little bit of time and it's going to take some undoing because we're so used to thinking a certain way. I know Joyce Myers calls it stinking thinking, but we're so used to thinking a certain way that it's not, we don't even realize we're thinking it anymore. It really just becomes the driving force of our life and decision and we wonder why we're everybody seen a dog chasing their tail how many ever feel like that in life sometimes you're like I'm back here again I mean I, I feel like I'm right where I started not too long ago we're gonna get off that cycle amen we're gonna break some patterns in your life so that you can see God change and move in your life so we're gonna get our mind right when you get your mind right you get your life right everybody say that when I get my mind right I get my life right did you guys do it with me? I'll say it. Let's do this. When you get your mind right, ready? When you get your mind right, you get your life back and your life right. So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to deal. So I believe as we're wanting the things of God, we battle between faith, right, everybody? We battle from what we want from God, from what we actually see. And we're kind of in this in-between, like, I know God wants this, but this is what I see in the natural. It doesn't look like anything I'm believing God for. It doesn't look like I, what I saw in the spirit that the Lord showed me. I'm still kind of stuck in this natural realm. And it's because somewhere in there, the mind needs to be renewed to the word of God. Amen. How many of you want to trust God? How many of you want the very, of course, we all do. But it's hard to let go of control of the things that we see. So when we see in the natural, we see the debt, we see our children not serving God, we see things that aren't happening in our life, it's hard to let go of control of hanging on to what we don't see instead of hanging on to what God says regarding a situation, amen? So there's this confidence that God is with me, and I know that he has all things in store for me, and I know his word is yes and it's amen. I have this confidence and this faith, but there's also this paralyzing fear that it's not going to happen because I haven't seen the results yet. I haven't seen the results of my prayer or the results of sowing my seeds or loving on my children or trying to forgive. I'm not seeing. So what happens is I go into this crippling insecurity. Because when you don't see God move in the way that he needs to move, we feel insecure that something's wrong with us. And so what does it do? It paralyzes us. So when God wants us to step in faith and keep believing and keep it active, what we see begins to be the truth in our life instead of what God has to see. say. Most of our life's battles, listen, are won or lost in your mind. Almost all of them will win 
or lose because of what your mind is thinking. But I have good news today, amen. God's word and God's power can change the way we think. His word can reroute and change and begin to cause you to think the good thoughts about yourself, the good thoughts about your family in your marriage. We can reroute the destructive patterns that we have formed in our life through our past or our upbringing or cir circumstances. So we need the word of God. And what does the word of God do? It transforms us. Amen. And the Bible says we can renew our mind to the word of God. And we're going to study a little bit this morning about Paul. I love Paul because how many know he had it right and he got it wrong? And I love that about him because that pretty much sums up us Christians today. We get it really right in some areas of our life and then sometimes we can really get it wrong. And he's always honest about his heart though. That's what I loved about Paul. He was honest about where he was at, that he was low in faith or he was struggling or his enemies were chasing him or that he loved Jesus. And it says in verse 22, I don't have the scripture verse, but it says that the law was warring in his members. There was a warring going on on the inside of him, right? The, the warring against my mind and bringing me into captivity. See, there's a war that's going on in our mind right now. And definitely the world and society and media is causing us to be anxious and warring. And, and we're confused and we're fearful. And what happens is when there's that warring going on and it's not in control, it brings you into captivity. Which I'm going to give you an illustration today. We are going to learn to not let our thoughts hold us captive. We are going to hold our thoughts captive. The wrong thing is in the wrong prison. We've got to flip the switch, to switch today, amen. We're going to put ourselves into freedom, and we're going to put all the negative things that's overwhelming us into the prison where God has meant it to be. So let's look at 2 Corinthians verse 10, verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 3. It says this, Paul said, For though we live in the world, we do not rage war, war as the world does. So we have to stop there. As believers, my war is a different battle. I don't have to war the way the unbeliever wars. I don't have to wring my hands. I don't have to wake up in terror and fear. I don't have to be in anxiety of the plans of God because I don't look at what I see. I battle in a different realm. I fight in a spiritual realm. We've got to quit boxing the air. Many of you are just boxing the air and you're tired and you're wondering why things aren't changing. Well, I heard a good message and it changed my life. But if you aren't putting the thoughts right, no matter how much you know, you can never have the results if your thoughts aren't lining up to the word of God. So you've got to quit battling in the natural and begin to rage war in the spiritual. I'm so glad I don't have to fight as the world fights. I may wake up a little anxious about something. I may have a situation that kind of gets me in an emotional moment, but I can stand right up and know who I am and know the authority of God's word that I can get this mind and emotions lined up and get back into faith knowing no matter what I see, I know what God said. Come on, somebody. No matter what I see, I know what God said. So you got to know what God said about your situation. Was that word from God? Was that scripture that illuminated to you truth? Is God a a liar or is the devil a liar? The Bible says the dev devil is the liar. There's no truth found in him. So anything that comes against the word that makes you overwhelmed, it's the devil. Let's keep going. Verse 4. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have a divine power, right, the power from the spiritual battle, divine power to demolish strongholds. What does God want to do? He wants to demolish your strongholds so that they don't exist anymore. Now, I'm going to have them put a picture up of a stronghold. This is what it would look like in the Bible days or the medieval times when they would have strongholds. And they were, they were usually set up on the high part of the city, on the highest hill. And the walls would sometimes be 20 feet thick and 20 feet deep. And what was meant for these um, fortresses to be built was intended for a safe place. It would be the military, high military would be behind the walls so that they could be protected from the enemy. Or it could be the, the, the slaves would hide behind the walls to help um, for, uh, forge off the enemy as it was coming towards the fortress. So it was supposed to be used as a place of protection. But how many know the devil always has a counterfeit? He always has a counterfeit. So if you look at scripture, it says in Psalms 9, 9, the, the, the Lord is a stronghold, a strong tower. And when we're in trouble, we run into it. 
So the strong tower that we see is supposed to be a place that we can run into safety. When you're overwhelmed and you're fearful, I'm running into the Lord. I'm running into worship. I'm running into where he can make me safe. It's a fortress meant to protect us. Come on, somebody. Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And when I'm in trouble, I can run to him. That strong tower is supposed to be a place for us to go to safety. And a refuge where God can put his hedge of protection around us. The Bible says that he hems your family in. Listen to this. He hems your children in. He hems your resources in. He's got your future in the palms of his hands. When we are in the presence of God, we are in a safe place. But the enemy brings the counterfeit. And he's like, I'm going to take what God meant for a fortress of protection. And I'm going to make it a place of prison and captivity for them. The very place we're supposed to find safety, the devil says, uh-uh. I'm going to put a stronghold, a thought in their imaginations. I'm going to put fear. I'm going to overwhelm them. And what happens is you enter the stronghold of the enemy. It's a prison cell where you don't belong. But we're held captive by our thoughts. We're held captive by those things that we are afraid of in our life. So what does a spiritual enemy do? What, what is his assignment? The enemy wants to attack your mind to create strongholds of, listen, deception. So that you will believe something that is untrue. And it will keep you away from the miracle of God. That's his goal. He'll deceive you with lies. That's never going to happen. You'll never have that breakthrough. You won't win this city for Jesus. You'll never be financially secure. All of those things, I can give you scripture the opposite of what the Bible says. But we give in to that deceptive lies if that's the truth. And now we're held prisoner to our thoughts. And we enter the cave of deception like Elijah did. He entered the cave after he was defeated um, by the prophets of Baal, after he won the prophets of Baal, but Jezebel came against him, and he ran into the cave of deception. And you know what? He shortly after that threw his mantle away and gave it away. We don't want to do that in this time, amen? The devil is the, a liar, and he wants to shape your thoughts. He wants to shape them the way that he wants you to think them. And you know what? He'll use one lie at a time. If the devil came in with horns and evil spirit, you know, like evil and red and gave you these goosebumps of evil, you would know, right? That's the devil. But the devil will come in sly and he'll use that one thought, you're worthless. That one thought, God will never use you. You're never good enough. And all of a sudden these thoughts begin to hold us captive in life and we enter this prison cell. Devil may say, you can't trust people. You'll never have a good marriage. God doesn't care. I have heard so many times in the last few weeks that God doesn't care. And it's how we really feel. But it's an imprisonment that the enemy wants to keep us in. Instead of where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God wants you to be so free and no matter what your circumstance looks like, that all you can do is shout and praise and give God the glory until that breakthrough happens in your life. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. Another scripture verse, it says, we demolish arguments. Is something going on? Thank you, sweetheart. We demolish arguments. Well, I'll wait till she's done. I asked them to do that because then after the camera's been on all the time, that's been happening. So, okay, thank you. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments. What does that mean? I'm casting them down. What's the argument? Your fear or truth to what God says. There's an argument happening. There's a battle of what faith says and what fear says. And we've got to cast down those arguments and every pretension or imagination that does what? Sets itself up, the strong tower, against the knowledge of God. So everything that you feel is aligning in your life that doesn't line up to the word of God is a set up thought that has imprisoned you. It's a vain imagination. Even though my body feels that way, that's a lie. Because by his stripes, I am the healed of the Lord. Even though my finances said, no, I am blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. Everything I touch, my hands prospers. Yeah, that's what the natural says, but what does faith say? I'm not going into that strong tower. You're not putting me in prison, Satan. I'm going to walk in freedom and joy, and I'm going to declare what the word of God says until that breakthrough happens in my life, and I'm not quitting, and I'm not giving up. Why? Because God said so. I get to tell the devil, my daddy said I can have it. 
The great I am, the author and the finisher of my faith said, yes, it is yours. And you keep fighting the good fight of faith until it happens in your life. Amen. Don't give up. Fight the warfare. Why are we fighting each other? Why are we fighting with our spouses? Why are we warring with ourselves? Let's bind the devil who is the real accuser of the brethren and say, get behind me, Satan. You're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to steal my miracle. I'm taking what belongs to me in this hour, amen, and I'm not backing down. I tell you right now, your pastor has some bull, bulldog faith this season. I got, my, I, got, I'm telling, I got my faith on a bone, and I'm not letting it go because I know God is blessing this church. I know we're going to explode with miracle signs and wonders. I know that North Phoenix is going to be touched with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I'm not letting go until that vision is fulfilled, amen. Vision I had since I was a little girl. But how many know a devil wants to mess with our mind? Throw it and get you worried over here and worried over here instead of looking unto Jesus, who is the author. He, fin he wrote my life and he's going to finish it. And me, he may have to work out some things, but that's okay. I trust the author of my book. Why would I want to rewrite the pages? Why would I want to cross out and say, no, but God, you don't know what my dad said to me when I was growing up. But God, I'm broke. Don't you see my checkbook? But God, I'm in pain. No, none of that matters. What does the word of God have to say? Everything that comes against the knowledge of God, you fight it. And we take captive Right? I'm going to take captive those negative thoughts. I'm going to own them. They're not going to own me. I'm going to take them captives, every thought, and make it obedient to Christ. So that, that fear that's overwhelming me, I'm going to stomp on your head and I'm going to put you, I'm bringing you captive to the name of Jesus. Why? Because everything is under my feet is what the word of God says. Some of you need to have a dancing party. You may need to write some of your bad thoughts on a piece of the paper and just dance on them every day. Just do a jig. Nobody's looking. Go ahead and just do crazy dances. Get your faith activated in this season, amen. Let's get our faith up there and believe God for some big things. And don't look back. When you want to bring those things captive, it means I'm making them a prisoner. But there's a personal battle going on in the mind, and we're going to win that battle. I'm going to prophesy over you today. You're going to win the battle of your mind that's overwhelming you. It's going to take some intentionality. It's going to take some discipline. You're going to have to say, this is what I want. If whatever I'm thinking leads me down this road of destruction, I'm going to win the victory of that thought controlling me. Maybe it's just a loneliness, and you feel so lonely, and you just give that loneliness all its place, and then you find yourself in broken relationships and, and maybe friends that aren't good for you because you won't shut the door and find out what God says about loneliness so that you don't repeat that behavior again. It's not the devil all the time. A lot of time it's our thinking that we're not lining it up. And I'll give you an example as we continue to teach on this morning. But we're going to be intentional, amen. I have, if you look at, you know, God is science. I know sometimes we want to separate the two. But everything goes together. God made the creation. God made the universe. He made the stars. And so as you look at science and scripture, they go hand in hand. And I'm going to show you that this morning. My number one point this morning is our lives are always moving in the direction of of our strongest thought. Your life will go like a steering wheel. You may say, I want to go over there, but if your thought, strongest thought, saying I'm not good enough, I'm worthy, I'll never have a good helpmate, you're never going to reach your destination. And you're going to go around the merry-go-round and think, where's God? Why isn't God answering my prayer? Well, where is your thought life? You want blessings and prosperity and favor, but you feel worthless. You feel like you're not smart enough. That's your strongest thought. If you want promotion and favor in front of you, but you have your strongest thought, you keep going this way and derailing yourself. And God says, no, just get that thought to my word. What does my word say about you? You get your belief system out here. It will aim you right to the will of God. Some of us need to stop binding the devil and binding our spouses and binding the devil and our kids and start taking control of our thoughts. Take personal responsibility and get them lined. When you own yourself, everything else around you will change. Amen? So if every thought, and this is scientifically, and Pastor Paul's done a lot of study on this. He can back me up. But every thought has an energy signal. It's not just the words anymore. It used to be the words are powerful, and they are. But your thoughts have energy. They have power behind them, and we find that in Scripture. So if you study a cognitive behavior psychology, if you look that up online, it's very easy to understand and read. They find that every wrong behavioral in your life goes back to toxic thinking. 
every behavior, wrong behavior in your life, it goes back to toxic thinking. So if you have relationship challenges, there's somewhere that has toxic thinking that you have to find out what, now we don't do the world's way, we do the word way, amen? We find out what God has to say. You may have eating disorders or addictions. Sometimes people come into Christ and, and they stop doing the addiction, but they never find freedom. They find right back in that addiction. Why? Because you haven't renewed the mind. You haven't changed what the mind, the strongest thought says, I can't break this addiction. The strongest thought says, well, it's just okay the way I am. This is just enough. But your desire says, I want to be better, right? Your, your mind's like, I want to change. I want to do better. But somehow in this subconscious, that, that wrong thinking is bringing you down destructive behaviors, no matter how much you want to change. Proverbs 23, 7 says this. I love this. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, this is a man, so is he. If you look up that word thinks, it actually means the gatekeeper. You are the gatekeeper of your mind. Not your spouse, not your crazy boss, not your friends. They don't have access into your mind unless you open the gate. Come on, somebody. You are the gatekeeper. You may tick me off for a second, but I'm shutting the gate to you. You're not getting in my emotions. You're not stealing my joy. You're not stealing my faith. I don't care what you have to say. I have control of the gate, and I can shut it, I can lock it, and I can throw away the key. And I can go, God, you are the great I am. You're the Alpha and the Omega, and I have the joy of the Lord that is my strength. Why? Because I shut the gate to my mind, which wants to destroy the very thing that I desire in my life. Isn't that good? As a man thinks in his heart, a gatekeeper is the attendant who controls who and what goes through it. There's a good study book out there for couples. Oh, I forget what it's called, but it, something about a red button. Well, well, they ticked me off. Well, actually, they don't have control to tick you off. <laughs> well, he made me mad. Actually, he can't make you mad. You can choose to be mad. <laughs> Right? So I'll think of the book and I'll post it on Facebook. So good for couples because nobody can push your buttons if you don't give them control to do that. Right? But you have to shut the gate. I have control. I don't have to remind myself of my past and what I've done and not done. I don't have to remind of, of regrets. I don't have to. I can shut the gate. That I have full control to shut that and say no more toxic thinking in my life. Because as a man thinks in, the, is in his heart, so is he. So what is the heart? It's my soul. It's my mind, my will, and my emotions. As I think in my mind, will, and emotions, that's where I'm going. Amen? No matter how good, this is great word, this is great word, Pastor Barb, and you hit the car and something happens. It's not enough to go, oh, this is a great word. I've got to get it on the inside of me. Amen? I've got to change the way that I think. Point number two, change comes when we change our thinking. Change comes when we change our thinking. Our, your life will reflect the thoughts that you think, right? It's the way your life looks is the way your thoughts have been. So what we think determines who we become. So we have to look at some thought patterns. So maybe you're thinking, I can't do that. I could never change. I could never be what God wants me to be, right? Probably will never happen because my negativity, I'm thinking, why would I even try if I think that I can't? Why would I trust God? To change, if I my, my strongest thought says you'll never change. Even though my thought says I want to, something inside of me, the guiding part of me says, I, I, why bother? Has anybody, you don't have to raise your hand, but we've all been there, right? Why should I dream different if I, I really can't have that in my life, if I'm limited? But if you think that you can, all things are possible. If you think that you can, God is with you. God has empowered you. God has given you everything that you need outside of what somebody didn't give you, God has given you. If you think that you can, you probably will. If you're a person that dwells on the problems and you get overwhelmed and you're overwhelmed about the economy and you're overwhelmed about the world and everything begins to be overwhelming in your life and it's bad but it's just going to get worse, Pastor Barb. Yesterday was supposed to be a big doomsday. I don't know if anybody's heard that. September 24th, something bad's going to happen in the world. And people are, and I don't mind about stocking up your food and stuff. I've gone through doomsday food, I think, twice. Because <laughs> they're saying, prepare for the worst. Okay, I'm stocking up my closet. And then I'm like, I'm kind of hungry. So I go in there, and next thing I know, I've ate all my doomsday food. So 
But the 24th is supposed to be another doomsday. And you know what? I said, no, God, you are greater than a doomsday. You're showing up on the earth. I've been prophesying to our church that there's a great awakening and a revival and a harvest coming to the kingdom. I don't have to be worried about anything the world or media or anything says out there. Amen. I don't have to wring my hands. It's not going to get worse. Because with God, it only gets better. And if anything happens anyway, we're in glory. We're in heaven with our Father. Why should we worry about things we can't change anyway? You know those apocalypse movies and how there's always like that one man or woman, like they survive to the end. Like they know how to eat and store. I'm like, nope, I'm the one that gets eaten first on the street. Like I'm the one dead, right? I'm dead, right? I'm not going to try to survive. Whatever it is, it's gonna, I'll become a, a zombie. Something's going to happen, but I will not fight to the end. I will relent, just so you know. Thank you for protecting me. But if I become a zombie, I don't know. I might get cruel. <laughs> Pray for me, please. Maybe you're a person who feels like a victim, and we all can get in this mentality. Everyone's against me. I'm worthless. Why would God help me? Right? We get into self-pity, and we get in this victim mentality. And when you stay in that mentality, you become one. You are one. Nobody can change your victim mentality but you. And I wish I could open up your brain and change all that. You have to put the work in. I've been serving Jesus since I was 17 years old. I'm putting the work in. I'm still changing my thoughts. I'm still working on fears. But I know the word of God works and God doesn't leave me hanging out there. And his word is yes and it is amen. And I trust God no matter what it looks like. Because I've opened the door to things before, and the enemy came in like a flood, and I'm like, why did I do that to my emotions? Why go down that roller coaster that I have to fight? Everybody have to get your army crawling back. Oh, my gosh, you've got to get back to Jesus. Don't stay in victim mentality. You are a victor. You are an overcomer through Christ Jesus. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You have been chosen by God. You're anointed. You're called. Amen. You have the wisdom of God to know direction. You have the wisdom of God to have the right answers because God is on the inside of you. Let's take a look at this. Let's look at the reflections of our thoughts. I just want you to think this morning. I have my little board here. I guess I could use it. I am going to use it for something else later. But let me just ask you this this morning. On a, on a scale from worried, just do your own homework here, to peaceful. Like from 1 to 10, right? Where are you? Like where is your thoughts at? You know? You have to really do an honest evaluation. Are you worried of thoughts, um, panic, anxiety? Maybe you wake up and you just have these panic moments like I talked about, what, what's going on in the world, about your kids and the future. And all of those things are things we worry about, right? Like we're not going to deny that we're not worried about some things, but they're not going to control me. I'm not going to let them have more than maybe a day. I've, I've learned because I've been practicing controlling my thoughts and letting the enemy in, probably 10 minutes is the longest he'll get. And that's probably stretching it. Because as soon as I feel that flood of going down this road, I say, no, I'm not going to give in to what my emotions want to go down because that's a hard road. I'm going to put my faith and trust and peace in God. So maybe you're at a one with worried. You need to start working towards renewing your mind to become peaceful. Find out what the word of God has to say, right? Because peace now becomes your umpire, becomes the protector of your life. When things become complicated, and they do, when you are worried, what are you going to do to find peace? I'm going to cast all my cares upon him because he cares for me. That's what the Bible says. So you can find scriptures that goes against what worry says. Find what the word says, and all of a sudden you'll be finding yourself more on the 9 and the 10 and walking in the peace of God. I don't lose hardly much sleep over the troubles of this world or anything regarding my personal life or even this church. I'll use it as a catalyst to go to God. I use it as a, as a jumping point to go, God, your word says this. God, you are faithful. God, you've never seen the righteous forsaken nor your descendants begging for bread. What does that do? It takes me where the enemy wants to imprison me in one, and it shoots me all the way over to peace. 
and then I can have the peace of God. And what is God's peace? It transcends man's mind. Why do I have peace when things are crazy right now? I don't know how, but God. Why? Because I took control of where worry wanted to take me. Let's just do this quick. Negativity. There are some people who see the glass half full, half empty. Wait, what is it? Half full. Right? You can't see the blessings. You can't see. Everything is negative, critical, fault-finding. I'm not going to turn around and look at anybody. So you don't think I'm talking about you. Right? We can get so critical and fault-finding and negative. Talk bad about people. Think the worst of people. Right? We have all these things that can, I'm always so busy. I'm just so busy. Nothing ever just busy, so busy. Nothing ever changes. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> right? So we find ourselves one, and we wonder why we're on the bottom of, of not finding God's joy or hearing God's voice or finding his peace because we've given over to be imprisoned by negativity instead of stepping into what God has to say about the situation. Amen? God, believe the best in people. It's just the same way as I'm gonna, I see the worst. No, I'm going to believe the best. They have good intentions for me. They never meant to reject me. They never meant to leave me out. She didn't mean to not say hi to me. Whatever it is, believe the best. I'm not going to give in to negativity. Why? Because it only hurts me anyway and imprisons you back in that stronghold that you can't find your way out. And now you're reclusive and all alone because you've given in to the lie because all the devil can do is lie. you got to believe life is good. <clears throat> life is good. It may not be great right now. It may not be where you want to be, but it's good. Do you have running water? Thank you, Jesus. You got a roof over your head? Thank you, Jesus. That may not be the roof you want, but it's a roof. There are thousands in downtown Phoenix right now homeless. And I'm not just talking about, you know, homeless. I'm talking about families displaced because they cannot survive on the economy today. But you're not there. Thank you, Jesus. You got some food on your table. It may be macaroni and cheese, but praise God. Go to the dollar store and throw some hot dogs in it, and you got it made. Like, that's my favorite meal, and I can't eat it because I'm trying to do good right now. You got some Raymond noodles? Make some Raymond noodles. Put some hot sauce in it and some peppers in it, and, you know. Thank you, Jesus, you're eating, and your child has food. It may not be all that you want. We got to see life is good. Thank you, Jesus. And when you begin to see life is good, you're like a magnet. God begins to bless you. God begins to favor you. Why? Because your faith is not over here. It's over in what the word of God has to say. I'm telling you, my faith is over here. It's like over by them over there. But the devil wants to, listen, the devil's like this. Pulling, pulling, pulling. And I'm fighting him. Nope, I'm not giving in. I'm not losing my faith. I am trusting you, God. Optimistic of the future. Why? Because God works all things together. For the good of those. God says favor surrounds me as with a shield. Everywhere you go, you should be bumping into favor. Nobody's getting a promotion. You're getting a promotion. Nobody's getting a dollar raise. You get the dollar. It's a dollar. It's a dollar. Thank you, Jesus. That's the positive side of it. You only get about 20 cents of it after taxes. But thank you, Jesus, for that bubble gum that I can buy every week with my dollar raise. But you see how you can just flip the script, how easy it is to step into God or stay in bondage, in prison to your thoughts. Hallelujah. Is that, oh, and then, okay, the last one is this, and then I want to go on. Eternal. Are we thinking eternal? Things that matter in eternity. Or are we thinking things that are, I think it's worldly. I can't remember exactly, but I think it's worldly. Mm, you guys got my drift, right? One to ten. Are we thinking that everything I do and serve and give and winning people to Jesus and maybe bringing someone some groceries and I'm living for eternity. Are those flip-flopped? They are. Oh, how dare the devil do that to me. Okay, we're going to flip it. Sorry, guys. I knew that didn't seem right. We're going to stay in worldly. Am I only thinking how the world thinks or am I thinking about eternity? Eternity. How much I can get, what kind of house I need to be in, what kind of car, how I represent myself. <laughs> Is that cool? I don't know. That probably wasn't cool. 
No. Are we so caught up in our image? Are we so caught up in this temporary, in the stress of the great vacation that you see somebody else take, but you don't know the credit card bill they jacked up to get there? And now they're about to have a divorce because they can't pay the credit card bill. I mean, let's just keep it real, everybody, right? Or am I thinking about eternity? Thinking about somebody that came to Jesus. Somebody that was worshiping you, you were serving. You were loving on the kids. You were greeting them at the door. Eternity. The Bible says that life is but a vapor. We live our whole life all bound up by this. And God's like, if you just find the peace I gave you here on earth. If you could just live in that world of peace and the mind being aligned to the word of God, we'd be so much happier, wouldn't we be? We reach people. God gave every one of you gifts and callings. Every one of you has something for God to use to touch somebody's life. Whether it's in the church or out of the church, there's something in you. But we get so internal that we lose focus with the world that we need to reach in this hour. Amen. Okay. So what comes in your mind comes out in your life. Whatever comes in your mind comes out in your life. No matter what you have, you still can have a destructive place in your life. No matter who you know or what you buy or where you live, if you don't change your thinking, you'll never change your life. You cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. I'm going to put the scripture verse up there. And it's not really what we're talking about, but it kind of is the point. Uh, Proverbs 18.21. Did I give that to you guys? It says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, I know we're not talking about talking. But I put this in there because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat its fruit. So if the world that you're in, you don't love it, if you don't like it, you have to stop eating the fruit of it. Because if you're staying in it, you're saying, I love this fruit. I love feeling miserable. I love feeling abandoned. I love feeling worthless. You have to stop eating that fruit. Say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to eat the fruit of negativity. I want to eat what the word of God says about me and my future in my life. Amen. So we're going to change our thinking. There's two things that I'm going to ask you to do. Today I have an assignment for you. Are you ready? I don't know if you are. Number one, identify your biggest mental stronghold that's holding you back. You have to identify it. What is the one? You don't have to do all 50 of them. Hopefully you don't have 50, but find the one or the two that that's the driving force. It's holding you back. It's destructive. It's holding you prisoner, right? It's a stronghold that's locked in by a lie. I'm not good enough. My past is too bad. I can't trust people. Right? I'm always going to battle my weight. I'm not good with money. I'm never in a job I love. All relationships break down. These are thoughts that are destroying our victory in Christ. Right? Negative thoughts, and, and this is again in science. We'll go through this quickly. But negative thoughts change the chemical makeup of the brain. It literally changes the brain when you're thinking negative. Just thinking negative. Every thought takes a neurochemical change in our body. Makes a neuro neurological change in your body. You look up, there's nine chemicals, there's more, but there's nine for sure that are released in our body through different kinds of emotions that happen. Some are good and some are negative. And they're all designed differently. God made our body so amazing. We weren't designed to function in ne negativity, in worry and fear. That's why we have the word of God. So these neurological changes begin to happen in our body. That's why you'll have physical ailments. A lot of the problem is where is our thoughts? Because Pastor Paul taught me this, your gut is your second brain. So when we're having physical ailments, it goes back to how you're thinking. It literally changes the way God designed your body to be. They have found that in, in science. The positive thoughts, thank you, Jesus, this will we'll measure on the good, you get a surge of a rewarding neurotransmitter. So when you're thinking good and positive, there's a dopamine or serotonin, whichever one you want to talk about. It's re actually chemically released into your body. If you're thinking negative, you're getting cortisol and you're getting the stress and the bloating and, and the not feeling good and the no mental clarity. God designed our body to function in a beautiful way. And we're not using it the way God designed it to be. So if I'm thinking positive, I'm now releasing the good things into my body. That's why when you post something on Facebook and you look back an hour later, there's like 100 likes, you're like, woo, 
dopamine release. It's, it's true. It's a, dopa, it's a rewarding thing that happens on the inside of us. God designed it to be that way. You ever walk into somebody's house and smell apple pie? Ooh, dopamine or serotonin. I don't know. I'm not a, like a pro at this. But it's that happy. It's that happy hormone that makes us feel good. See, when you begin to change the negative and bring it into positive, God says, I'm going to release happy things on the inside of you. Amen. There's a happy hormone. Dopamine is the most notable involved in helping us feel pleasure as part of the brain's reward system. That's beautiful. It's a free drug, everybody. It's not even a street drug. God gave it to you. Get high on dopamine this week. Go laugh with your spouse. Put the windows down and, and just let the air refresh you. Let the good of your body begin to be released into your system, which will begin to change everything about who you are. But all oh, we're drugging through this disappointment and all this garbage, your food. You can eat good food for dopamine. You can exercise. Shopping, all the women said, hallelujah. Don't overspend, though. We don't want lots of credit cards. So every thought releases a type of chemical. Why? They're energy releasing. They're energy signals, right? They're generated. They make you feel happy. They make you feel optimistic. Releases cortisol. Come on. And the brain begins to produce the serotonin of feeling, I feel good. See, it's not just a supernatural thing, which does, but there's a chemical in your body that goes, everything's going to be okay. I don't know how, God, but I'm thinking good things, and I'm confessing the word of God, and all of a sudden your body begins to go, yeah, that's right, girl. Yes, you are. That's right, guy. <laughs> yes, you are. And all of a sudden you begin to get the results because of the way you're thinking. Your body now becomes, and then you receive what God has. Amen. Hallelujah. So when you think positives, you know that even when you smile, everybody smile at me. Some teeth, everybody. I mean, even in this service, we've laughed a few times. That released dopamine. Laughter is good medicine, the Bible says. Laugh. Put on a comedy movie when you feel down. Laugh with your friends. Do something. Why? Because it releases. It begins to change the neurotransmitters within our body. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So there's a reward that happens. All right. So let's look at the neural pathways really quick because this is going to be very spiritual. As I wrap it up, there are billions of pathways or roads in your brains. Am I not correct? There's billions of them. I mean, they can go in all these different directions. This is so important. The more often you think a thought, the easier it is to think again. So that can go good and that can go bad. So the more often that you think that thought, the easier it begins, I'm going to think that again. And I'm going to think that again. When you believe the lie long enough you begin to be impacted by that lie. So if our life looks a certain way, somewhere in our life we've been impacted by a lie that we've believed. Because what I think now, I think is true. And what happens is there becomes a connection to a default way of thinking. So anything good God wants to send your way, Anything positive that could be great, you fall into default. No, nope, that's not going to work out. They're going to be, that friend will betray me. See, that church did me wrong again. And in reality, it has nothing to do with any of that. It's your default way of thinking. You've created a stronghold that has become your truth, and you keep falling into the lie in the pit of the enemy instead of breaking out of that stronghold. Amen? It's a wrong pattern. And what happens? You get stuck in a rut. 2020 put us all stuck in a rut because we were stuck without dreaming. We were stuck without life, and God didn't attend us. You can believe a lie. Think a lie for 100, a lie for 100 days. Wait, let me go back because that doesn't even make sense if I don't save this part first. If you were to walk out in your yard, in the Midwest we had grass. Some of you do here. Most of you have rocks. If you were to walk out in your yard every day and you were to walk the same path, right, Eventually, you're going to wear a, a new path that will be evident in your yard, right, or in your grass. You'll make a new path. That's the same thing with these neurotransmitters. God designed you to think positive and know the word and to love him. But when you think negative, you design your, you design your own neurotransmitter. You design a way and a path that you were never designed to have. And now you have to go back and undo that natural way of thinking and get it back, because the only thing that can change it is the word of God. 
no good circumstance. Something good can happen to you and it happens, but all of a sudden it unravels. Why? Because I haven't changed that pathway that I created in negativity. So you've got to bring that back, amen? Bring it back what? With the word of God. You've got to forge a new way. We've got to break those strongholds. Why? Why? Oh, because the second thing is we've got to find the truth. Find out what God has to say about the situation. You identify your stronghold, find out the truth of God's word. Why? Because the truth sets you free. Amen? Well, the longer that you stay off the negative, uh, destructive path, it becomes weaker. So the more you say, nope, I'm going to reel that thought in, that path that used to be default will become weaker and weaker. And you stay now developing the paths of truth. I'm going to invest in this is what the truth says. I'm going to create a new form of connection, right, that God would want me to have. It's going to take time. It's not going to take a prayer. It's going to take discipline. And it's going to take intentionality. How bad do you want this to change? Let me show you this really quick, and then we're, I'm done because I ran out of time, and I thought I might. But I want to show you this example really quick to help you understand how the mind and body works. I should have got a Vanna White up here, huh? Did my little board for me. Okay. So I'm going to show you this example really quick, see if I can do this. So this is <clears throat> a human body. Put little feet. You remember the old days when you used to do this? Did you guys used to do that or no? No? I won't even draw my girl because we don't have time for that. Okay. So ultimately our goal as believers, as we wrap this up this morning, is our goal is to get results. That's what we want, right? I want change. I want my health better. I want my marriage better. I want financial security. I want things, right? And that's where, right here, our actions. Our actions is what gives us results, right? It's the things that we do that I know if I do this, I will get this, those results. And that's the way we're designed to do those kinds of things. How do we get results? So if you look up here in our mind, you've got the conscious and you've got the subconscious. It's two parts of our mind, right? The conscious is this. It's the logical part of our brain. It's everything that I think, everything that you know, all the information that you've learned. How many know we are full of information? There is a lot of information in the world today, and that's good. It's good to have that information, but it's not enough. We have to go to our subconscious, which is our emotional side of things, our emotions. So what is the real problem from getting the results is not, I can't have the actions unless my mind and my subconscious line up in agreement. So let's look at this. We know a lot. I know I need to eat healthy. Come on, somebody. I know I need to go to the gym. <laughs> I know I need to share my faith. I mean, I'm just listening to some things, right? I know I need to work on my marriage. I know I need to read my Bible and pray. Like, these are all things we know. But knowing all of this hasn't created results. You can know all that you want, and it will not create the results that you want. I know that eating healthy will change my body. But at midnight, I want to go for the cookies in the cabinet. My subconscious has emotions. Why don't we do the truth here? Because I don't feel like it. Your subconscious does not know the difference between a truth and a lie. Do you know that? It doesn't know. If you tell, now how do I get this connection? Because in my mind I'm not getting the results. I don't have the actions that I need. I have to renew my subconscious, my emotions. What we talked about, the seed of our emotions to the word of God. No matter what my flesh feels like, I have to renew it. So now it becomes the driving force to get the good health, to get the good marriage, to get the finances. I know I shouldn't spend money. But boy, I feel like going on a vacation. I know I shouldn't spend money, but this looks, I need that new iPhone so bad, I just need it. 
I can say these things because we all do this. There's no judgment here. But I'm trying to show you, why am I not prosperous? Why am I not in ability to tithe? Why am I not ability to bless people? Why can I not buy what I need when I want to? Because I haven't changed my mind to the word of God. So I'm leading my life by emotions, and I'm blaming God why I'm not getting results. And God says, oh, I gave you my word. You better renew your transmitters to what I say about you. And when you do that, you'll be blessed. When you do that, you'll have favor. When you do that, you'll get the house you want to buy. When you do that, you'll get everything that you want. But we have to renew our mind. Not only does the word say it, but science says it. And the only way we can do it and what the Bible says is take those, counts that, take those thoughts captive. And how do we do that? The word of God. The sword of the spirit. You better get your scriptures out and write them on a mirror, write them on index cards, put them in your, how hard is it to, to oh, and, and I forgot to say this. To get it from here to here is confession. Affir the world calls it affirmations. You want this to change, confess the word of God. That's all. And then once you begin to, your subconscious will go, God is powerful. God does want to favor me. Oh, God does want to bless me. Oh, my marriage is, because your, your subconscious don't know the difference. You know your marriage is still a mess, but not your subconscious. And now your faith is connected to it. And now, because your faith is connected, your marriage starts to get better. Your finances, you see that there? But we've got to get the word of God. Pick up the Bible. If you don't own a paper Bible, buy a paper Bible. Don't be mad at me. I know there's technology today. I know there's apps. Get a Bible. Open that thing up. Get a notebook and take 10 minutes with God and say, I'm going to hide your word in my heart, God. I'm going to change the way my brain wants to derail all the time. And I'm going to get it lined up to what your word has to say about the situation. You want to see blessings overtake you, what the Bible says? Do that. We're going to get more into it next week. Are you guys excited? Okay, praise God. Father, I thank you today for this amazing church. I thank you for what you're doing, God. I thank you for the souls that are here today, those that are being touched by you. Lord God, I thank you that faith is being stirred up on the inside of them, Father God. Lord, we give this moment to you. Holy Spirit, you are so precious. And if you're here today and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, maybe you just wandered in and you need to get things right. Maybe you just don't know Jesus and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. This is your moment. And we're going to all say this prayer together for the ones that may be saying it for the first time. I want you to just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. And I went really late today, and I am so sorry. I got excited. But y'all were shouting at me, so I blame it on you. <laughs>